BTH fam, what's going on, man? You already know what time it is. We back at it again with episode two, loading up. On this episode of Beyond the Hardwood, I tap in with Jareem Dowling, assistant coach at North Texas, along with his pops, Kamal, as we dig deep and talk about Reem's time growing up in the Virgin Islands while his pops was in prison. The connection they kept while he was behind bars through the loving connection they had for one another. Reem's journey to the States as a player and a coach and how staying true to yourself in the midst of adversity and believing in who you are can help you overcome any obstacle as well as the importance of having a circle of trusted people and how that can help turn strangers into family. So stay tuned as I tap in with Rain coming up next. What's good, big time? I'm I'm chilling, man. I'm not even big time, man. I'm not even big time. <laughs> you see, I ain't got no haircut. I'm poor. You know, I ain't got no haircut. You know, keeping it out the slums, man. What's up? How about to say, hey, you see, I threw the hat on, man. I'm right there with you. Yeah. I'm right there hey, with hey, you. At least we got hair and JT ain't got no hair, so we good. <laughs> hey, you know he going to eat you up for that one. Hey, he gonna nah, it's, cool. it's cool. It's cool. Good, man. How you living, though, man? Everything I'm good. good. I'm good. Um, Got my dad in town. He's been in town since Monday. Okay. First, oh. Yeah, first time... Um. He's been to Texas. He's at the house, met my wife for the first time. Wow. Um, just met uh, my mother-in-law. He just met her. And, um, you know, we've just been hanging, kicking it. He leaves tomorrow. So I'm wow. kind of happy to do this interview today Yeah. so that you know, we have something to, like, share, um, you know, that will be out in the universe forever. You know what I mean? Wow. So it's kind of dope for, for him to be here and be a part of the interview. Um sure. I've done a lot of interviews, but I think this one is probably going to be one of the best ones I've ever did, you know, mainly because I'm going to have my dad on it. You know what I mean? Definitely. I was about to say, man, what pops at? We're going to have to get him to say a couple things. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to bring him on here, so make sure you have your shades on, you know. You notice I got my chain I'm about to say, you got him tucked. Yeah, I got my chain tucked because he going to make me look bad right now, so I got my chain tucked. And, you know, if you don't understand what he's saying, just let me know. And I'll be the translator. All right. I got you. I got you. All right. Hold on. Come here. Yeah, come here. Huh? Yeah. Oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. I see. what. Hey, I see what we talking about. See what I'm talking about? I see what you talking about. He got the earrings in everything. Yeah. You see the jewels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, go ahead and show them what you got on, Pops. Show them, show them the wrist. Show them the wrist. Oh, okay. That's how we coming. Yeah. Hey, my man, he came to he came to the States the right way. Um, he said you came to the States. Yeah, when you go on vacation, you gotta you gotta do your best, you know. How about he said, hey, you he said when you go on vacation, you gotta do your best. Hey, you made a grand appearance, right? You you made sure they know yeah. who you is. I tried to. I like to walk with my ranks, you know. <laughs> you walk around with your ranks, you know, people kind of know, like, okay, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. For sure, for sure. I don't want to be a, a nomad, you know. Right. I'm already knowing, man. So, nah, man, I appreciate you taking the time to be on this interview with your with your son, man. Uh, 
you know, I got the opportunity to play for Reem when I was at Moorhead State as a player. Um, and, and, you know, I've known him ever since, man. So, you know, now that, you know, we recording this, man, and, and what now, you know, what's, how is it for you, man? Obviously, it's been four years since you've seen your son. Um, you know, kind of talk, you know, just briefly, you know, about, you know, how how that's been, you know, seeing his growth, you know, over these over these past few years, and especially, you know, when he's not able to get back home as often as, you know, he would like to. Oh, well, I really, um, you know, Jay's been in basketball for a lot of years. I've been, I've been following him for all these years. Me and him is real tight. I got I got three other sons, but he stick to me more than the rest of them. So, you know, it's like he loves me more than the rest of them. I don't know. But he shows it more than the rest of them. You know what I mean? So that's my boy. Me and him both had from time to time. And we agreed to disagree and stuff like that. But he's a real good kid, and I know he's going to make it. And I know so far he's not really satisfied with where he's at. You know what I mean? Right. Because he wants to be a coach, and he's been, he works real hard, and. He deserves it. And I really want things to happen for him before, before he's really old. I don't want him to wait till he's old to be a head coach or nothing. I want him to live life now. You know I mean? The Bible said time is at hand, meaning the time is now. You know for mean? sure. For so sure. I'd like to see something big happen for him right now. I'm tired of seeing him being like somebody do more. You know what I mean? Right. For sure. I don't want to like that. You know what I mean? Exactly. One day, you know, the mighty God going to bless him. And he gonna be top dog, and he be the college of the shot, and then he know how to feel like his his daddy, a boss. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey. hey, I understood it all. Hey, I understood it all. Oh hey, if God. I ain't, hey, if I didn't understand anything, hey, the, I definitely understood the last thing he said. He going, hey, you you still uh, chasing him? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. He said he wants me to be a boss like him. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Hey, Ring. So, so for you, man, um, man, talk about you know how it is like, you know how important it's been for you. Obviously, you know, you know, kind of give a quick background on your on where you're from. You know, for the people who don't know, um, and just you know, like your dad said, you've had to grind it out and prove, you know, yourself almost you know your whole life, right? And, and, and now you're in a place where you know it's it's you know you're setting yourself up to be a a head coach whether it's you know sometimes this year next year whatever the case may be you know so kind of you know give us a, a brief you know background on you know growing up in the virgin islands um coming to the states you know you know playing in college um and then we'll kind of talk about you know your coaching okay um yeah born and raised in st croix um u.s virgin islands you just met my dad um I lived there until I was 15, uh, grew up a regular island boy. You know, I kind of was a late bloomer, you know, um, spending a lot of time with my cousins, you know, chasing chickens and riding horses. And, you know, I couldn't climb a coconut tree, but I would be the guy at the bottom of the coconut tree catching the coconut, you know, um, to take it home. You know, spending a lot of time with the beach, spending a lot of time with the family, um, just being a normal island boy, man, running around with no shoes on, having fun, getting cuts and bruises, racing bikes, um, playing marbles, racing marbles. You know, I grew up a normal child, man. You know, I, I grew up, you know, with a good mom and a good dad, you know, that gave me the opportunity the best that they could, you know, while I was living on the island, you know. I wasn't I wasn't rich, 
but I wasn't poor. You know right. what I mean? But right. I had everything that I needed, you know, and um, I grew up not expecting much or asking for much, but if I opened my mouth, I got it, you know? But right. I was just, I was happy with whatever I got. You know, I never was like, oh, I see Deontay with the Jordans on. Let me run home to my dad or my mom and tell her I need these Jordans. That never been me growing up, you know? Right. I just appreciated what I got, and then what I got, I made do with what I had, you know? Most definitely, most definitely. And, you know, I can kind of tell those values, you know, that were, were you know, have been set in you, you know, as you move forward in the business. So, you know, kind of talk about those times, especially, you know, with your dad right next to you as we do this interview. Uh, and, and, you know, just kind of talk about how those values, you know, of like being instilled of you of hard work, you know, having to grind for, for, for what you want, you know, not always being able to get what you want every time you ask for it, you know, and, and having to figure out a way to, to make it happen for yourself, you know, that, that was instilled in you. It seems like they're in the Virgin Islands before you came and uh, got the opportunity to come play uh, in the States. Nah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, beyond the hardwood, man, like this is beyond the hardwood here. This is what you want. You know what I mean? For sure. Um, my mom was a hustler in her, in her own right. And still to this day, you know, she hustles, sell bakes, cakes and all that, you know, my dad, you know, was a hustler in his way, you know, and, you know, it, it cost it cost him some years of his life that, you know, um, I wasn't able to see him for years at a time. Mm. But the one common thing I learned from both parents and my grandparents is um, they always hustle and perfected whatever their craft was. And they were they were elite at it, you know, yeah. so I took those, that hustler mentality from both sides of my parents and used it in my life, in, in my line of work to help myself and help others, you know, help others first and then in return, it turn around and helps me, you know, well, um, no. you know, I mean, how many years you spent in jail, dad? 15. 15 years of my life, my dad spent in jail, you know, so, right. um, you know, I've learned from his mistakes, you know, it kind of, as he would say, he, he would call me a, a a society boy, you know, because, you know, you know, I did things the right way, you know, you see him yeah. laughing, you know, but I did <laughs> right. things the right way because, you know, I've seen him make a few mistakes and I didn't want to make those mistakes, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I just, I just cherish what I learned from my dad and my mom and my grandparents, you know, everybody always just had their head down and whatever they were doing, For sure. they were just on it. And that's, that's why I was brought up around and that's, that's what's embedded in me, you know? Well, definitely. Well, definitely. And man, I'm glad you even mentioned that, man, because, you know, just like your pops was in jail, you know, my real dad spent, you know, 15, almost 15 years inside also, you know, went in when I was maybe anywhere from four to six, can't remember the age, didn't get out till I was 18. But, you know, the one thing that I've realized or I noticed about you is you and your dad have a, a good relationship, right? Really, mm. right? And, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, even speaking for myself, don't have that relationship, especially with their, their parents, even when they get out, right? Mm. Right? There's that, there's that disconnect from the amount of years that you miss with them. So, you know, going, so this question is kind of going to actually be for your dad. So, you know, kind of <clears throat> talk about, 
you know, how important it was, or let's kind of talk about the connection piece while you was in, right? Um, how was it for you still being able to connect with Reem, you know, while you were spending that time behind bars and, and, and what made it even more important now to get to this point, right? Where y'all both sitting in the backyard of Reem's house, you know, just enjoying the weather or, you know, you know, you getting to see, you know, the, the fruits of his labor start to come to fruition, right? So, you know, kind of talk about that piece, like how important it was for you to stay connected with him while you was doing that time and, and what it's done for you. Well, really and truly, um, Jerry, mom, you know, like, you know, I got like maybe four to six baby mother. And Jerry, mom was the one I was in love with. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was telling that he came out of relationship so based on love. You know what I mean? And um, based on that, me and him had a strong connection with his mom. When, when he was real young, I used to smoke crack. I used to be locked up in jail. His grandma used to bring him to jail to visit his uncle, well, along with me. And I used to see him. And I always know that he was, he was something special about him. You know what I mean? Right. And when I came out of jail, the first time I came out, I saw him right in the back seat of his mom's car. And his baby brother was in the front seat. Wow. And that got me real pissed because, you know, he came first. You know what I mean? To hell who came second. You know what I'm saying? I got on his mom right away and I said, listen, you can't got my son in the back seat. Because you're gonna you know, kill his self-esteem, you're gonna make him think he's small, he's not good enough. And you know, you gotta put him up front. And um, I, I handled that one time. She put him up front, she put his little brother in the back where he belongs. And from then on, me and Jareem started to grow together. He came over to my house every day. They, they lived down the road from me like maybe a half a mile. Okay. So he came to my house every day, we play basketball, we shoot at a a bicycle rim, you know what I mean, in the yard and fight cops. And I show him all the different stuff. I know I made Bornard for him from scratch. I made Caddy Paul from scratch and, you know, taking fishing and stuff like that. And um, we was always staying. Yeah, Jerry was always staying. Jerry know that when my, when, when Jerry's mom and me was breaking up, he was only, he wasn't even four years old. But his mom was pulling one arm and I was pulling the other. I remember that, remember Deontay. That? I remember that. Right now. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. Deontay, so, one, one, my dad had one arm and my mom had the other arm and they both was pulling me, like mm. trying to fight for me. Wow. I was, what the heck is going on? But I remember my arms hurting though, that young. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so, you know, we, we did, me and Jerry, we, we had a special bond. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. You know, he'll fight and he'll argue with me a lot, but he all sticks to me, you know what I mean? For sure. But, uh, I hold my position. I'm not gonna like, you know, a lot of times you come at me like like he's superior to me or something. You know I mean? And I gotta check. <laughs> right. Like, right. Hey, kid roll up hill. I'm still yeah. a big dog. You know I mean? There you go. There you, you go. Gotta, you gotta give me my respect. I, you know what I mean? Yeah, you let them know you still sitting in the chair, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah they don't hype him up, man. Don't hype him up, yeah. Don't hype him up. Other than that, we well, we both have like normal people, but we we real tight. We right. have a good son, he's a good kid, he's a real good kid. He's like, I can say he's my best kid, you know, he's, he's kind of perfect, you know what I mean? And um, I knocked him from time to time for being too systematic, too soft, and different stuff like that, but there's actually nothing wrong with it. Hey, Deontay, I mean, based on what you know of me, okay, but compared to his criteria, right? based on what right. you know of me, would you consider me soft? Nah, not at all. <laughs> Thank you, stop. Hey, not not at all, not at all, not at all, man. <laughs> hey, the ring, the go ahead, ring. 
No, no, go ahead, tell them. Now, I was going to say, the Reem that I know, like, I played for Reem for a year. So, Reem was the one person my second year at Moorhead that, like, brought me in and really challenged me, right? Like, and it wasn't really even the basketball aspect of it. Like, he was trying to challenge me more so for, like, where I'm at right now in life, more so than the on-the-court aspect of it, right? And Reem, Reem, he tells it like it is, like, to anybody. Like, he calls our head coach and, and tells him, like, shoot, Reem, you remember when uh, uh, I sent you that picture of coach? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, hey, I'm still, hey, he's still trying to get me back for that. He still said he owed me one for that one. All right, but but nah, from, from you know, Reem's always been the type of dude that I've connected with just because Reem, he gonna keep it 100 with you about, any situation, right? He ain't gonna sugarcoat nothing. And he does that with everybody. But, you know, as I've seen Reem, you know, continue just to evolve and just grow, uh, even over the years, um, Reem's shifted his, you know, his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, Reem? You shifted like your, uh, the way you approach things, right? Yeah, like, yeah. You, you shifted the way you approach things now with trying to help everybody. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, before, you could tell Reem only had like a little circle, like a real tight circle of people that he was like, yeah, if you ain't in this circle, like, hey, like you can't, you can't come in my house or type type deal. Like yeah. now, now he tries to help everybody eat. Um, so you know, Reem, man, you know, as we man keep moving forward, you know, kind of talk about before we end, you know, and before I might even really talk to you about. He wants to ask you a question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Who's you? Who am I? Yeah. What 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 are you? So I'm so I'm an assistant coach at Tusculum University. Oh, so yeah, so Reem actually helped me get into the business along with a couple other people, but he actually helped me get to Tusculum where I'm uh coaching with JT Burton. Um so Reem, you're gonna have to show your pops who uh the first episode. I got you, I got you, yeah, I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to show him the first episode, but uh but yeah, so I coach in Tennessee. Um, but I've known Reem since for nine years now. Yeah, yeah. For, for about nine years, so that's we we've been in touch for uh, for about that long. But um, but Reem, man, just you know, to get back, you know, to what I was getting ready to say, to you know, kind of talk about you know how important it was for you, or kind of the emotions you was going through at the time, right? Growing up, not having your father, though, right? how important it was for you once he got out right to you know reconnect and and, and try to relive or, or you know cherish those moments that you missed while he was gone right because you would only go to get to visit him was about maybe 30 minutes to an hour if that oh yeah i don't even know how long but uh, yeah but like you said though my, my grandmother rest in peace um root samuel she used to go to visit my uncle in jail. Yeah. So she take me to visit my dad. And honestly, that's how our relationship really started. Like when I like registered as a, like a kid kid that, you know, this is my dad, you know? Right. Like when you're right. growing up, you know, you know who's your parents, but you don't know the significance of it, you know? But even yeah. though he was behind bars, um, he showed me a lot of love behind bars, you know? Mm. Even though he was behind bars, he still had a lot of pride. And right. I saw that, you know? So, um, you would think a person in jail would be like 
lumpy and down and out. And he was energetic. You know what I mean? He was energetic. Like there was a better day coming ahead. So yeah, even though I would leave him from the jail cell and, and, and going back home with my grandmother, I didn't feel like, oh man, like that's it for my dad. You know what I mean? Because he, he was so upbeat. So I left out of there like, you know, he going to be out soon. I don't know when soon is, but right. I left there feeling down and depressed because, you know, my dad was in jail, you know? For sure. So I, felt, I felt the love through the cells and through the, the visiting room and all that type of stuff. You know, we, we used to take walks in the um yeah. in the yard, in the jail, because you could walk around. So we used to take walks in the yard, you know? Right. And I just remembered I didn't want to feel like that even though he was in there, like I didn't ever want to feel like that. So that's why I always tell him, that's why I walked on the sidewalk, you know, streets is made for certain people. Mm-hmm. And I, I chose the sidewalk, you know? So, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah. I like that. All right. So man, you, so you, you get the chance to come to the States to play. Um, so kind of walk us through, you know, your playing, t- you know, experience in the States. Uh, and then what kind of got you into the coaching business? Man. Um, I came to the States, I, I, when I was in the Virgin Islands, I was really, really good at baseball. Nobody ever believes that when I come to the States because my mom stopped me from playing baseball because my grades were so bad. It was going bad, you mm. know, so she stopped me from playing baseball. So I started messing around with basketball, you know, thanks to my dad. Like he said, you know, he made me a rim at, you know, at his house. It was, you know, attached to my grandmother's sure. shop, you know, and it was made out of a, like a, Basketball rim, a bicycle rim. Yeah, bicycle rim. It was made out of a bicycle rim. And we would shoot for hours, shooting competition, you know? Right. And he used to beat me a lot because he got – one thing he got is a straight arm shot. Like, you know, it's, it's right on target. Right. So I got competitive with that, starting going up to the outdoor courts and playing with people. And I just started to fall in love with basketball, you know? And, and no disrespect, but basketball just brought a lot more women to the games than baseball did, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I started playing basketball because it was cool and it was indoor and people wanted to be a part of that, you know. Right. So um, I got put onto it. Then I got a little better each year. And then I got an opportunity to go to the States. You know, um, my mom and my dad, you know, they actually discussed that, me going to the States. And I remember my dad giving me some money um, in the kitchen. And his exact words to me, when I was leaving that day was like, you got to stoop to conquer, you know, sometimes you got to stoop to conquer what you want to do. So um, I just remember that, you know, in 97, when he told me that on June 23rd, 1997. So moved to the States. It wasn't as smooth as I thought it was going to be. Basketball was a whole different level compared to the islands. It was played faster. And I realized that I was just an average joke you know, up here in the States playing basketball, you know, so right. I had to work really hard, you know, dedicated myself to it to get better just to make my varsity team at my high school. And I missed the tryouts um, during my first year because I had chicken pox, you know, so oh, wow. the about me from all the hard work and still giving me an opportunity, made the team, end up being a starter, uh, made the all-star team by default because somebody got hurt. But I had 21 in the All-Star game. You okay. Know? So okay. just, you know, grinding from the beginning, you know. Um, right. Didn't know how important school was. Didn't have the grace to go to a four-year school right away. So I went to junior college, played for the legendary Bill Lewis at Cecil. Um, 
I was trying to be on a two-year route toward my ACL. So I ended up being there for three years. Coming out of um, JUCO, I had several Division One offers. Winthrop, um, what's my man that was at Wichita State? Greg Marshall. He was the head coach there, offered me. Um, I had an offer at Ryder, and I had an offer at Maryland Eastern Shore. Yep. Um, ended up going to Maryland Eastern Shore because some of my Delaware boys, um, Aziz Ali, he was going there. So I decided <clears throat> to go there and play my years out there. You know, had fun playing, didn't win a lot of games, probably won nine games in two years. And I just remember um, my last coach that I had there just left a bad taste in my mouth, you know, with certain things that he did. Right. And I was like, if I can get into college coaching, um, I could take up a spot for him. Because you know how limited it is in college sports. For sure. You know, so I said, if I could take, if I could get into college coaching and I could take up a spot, I could take out one bad person. You know right. what I mean? That was my goal to begin with. Right. You know, so. Um, I actually started coaching the intramurals at UMES, and I was just getting the itch. That's right. Know? Yeah. So I, I called back my legendary uh, junior college coach, Bill Lewitt, um, told him I wanted to get into college coaching. You know, my dad said I was crazy. I had to make sure you see that. He said I was crazy. He's like, yo, dude, go, go, go be a gym teacher. You know, when I told him how much I was making on my first job, 2500 he's like, what yeah. are you doing? He's yeah, like, yeah. Crazy. You know, like he's like, go be a gym hey, teacher. Yeah, hey, let me, hey, let me ask you, pop. Hey, what, what was your initial thoughts when when Reed told you how much he was making? Twenty five hundred dollars a year. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he was crazy. You know what I mean, <laughs> so I tell him just settle. You already got the degree. Go ahead and be a gym teacher. You know what I mean? Right. And I, I've been hearing that for ever since. Remember, listen, you, you told me to be a gym teacher. You know what I mean? So he's right. He took his own journey. He lived life. He right. took his own, and he made it grind and grind, and he pulled me around. And and, and I'm 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 not I'm not saying that parents don't give great advice because they do. They like JT. I think JT told me this before. I can't believe I'm quoting JT. He said, "I've been your age before. You never been mine. Never been mine. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So, um." That's to tell you how old JT is. He's 52. But um, you know, um, you know, like that it, it didn't bother me that he said that. You know, I just knew what I wanted, you know what I mean? Right. And I use it as motivation, you know, not to prove him wrong and to shove it in his face, you know. Just trying to show him, like, yo, I, I could do this, you know, I'm I'm gonna find a way to to make this happen, you know. So sure. first job, 2500 My part-time job was um cutting grass at the time. So I had to get up at 6 a.m. And I was working lawn service, you know, part-time. Coach Lua got me a job for 20 hours a week. So that was able to be enough for me to, you know, um, live on the couch of one of my former teachers at that time. Um, I was going to Walmart to go to the bathroom at night because the bathroom was in his room. It was one of those apartments, a one-bedroom apartment. Mm, so once he went to sleep and shut the door, it was right. a wrap. It was a wrap for you, yeah. Yeah, so I... Thank God Walmart is 24 hours, you know? So right, right. If I had to go, I just drive around the corner and go to Walmart, you know what I mean? Right. But I grinded, improved every year, won a national championship there, helped kids graduate. And um, Coach Lewitt told me, you got to show that you could be able to recruit. Um, you got to show that you, you're able to graduate kids. And you got to show that you're able to maintain that level of success, you know? And he said you could do that anywhere between – three and 
anywhere between minimum of three years, max of five years. You could show what you really made of. So mm -hmm. after year three, I think we were like 97 and six as a staff together. Right. Coach Luke, you've done all you can do for us here. You know, it's time for you to move on, you know. And right. he helped me get a job at Slipper Out with Kevin Reynolds. Went there, had major success, you know, a lot of success with great players. And um, after I had success there, Kevin Reynolds did the same thing for me, uh, like Coach Lewis did, you know, got me a Division One offer, you know. Right. Um, you, you, you know who I work for, but I, I ain't yep. going to give him back and say his name, but you know who I work for. Right. You know, I'm yep. thankful for the opportunity, but for I ain't sure. going to give him back and say his name. But um, got in, got in, um, earned my keeps, grinded, paid my dues, continued to grind, went on to Southern Miss, had success there. Uh, after Southern Miss, left, um, went to Tennessee for about two, three weeks, got demoted, you know, because, you know, as, as, as my dad thinks I'm a yes man to everything, but little do you know, I'm not a yes man to everything. So right. I got demoted. Um, and it, it was, it was, it wasn't a humbling experience because I wasn't ever cocky, you know what I mean? But it, it made me stand for something, you know? So <clears throat> I end up going back and working for Doc Sadler at Southern Miss after working at Tennessee for three weeks. Um, and then went back to Southern Miss for Doc Sadler. NCAA investigation broke, um, you know, went through that process, went the prep school route for a year, created a prep school that didn't exist, had about seven Division One players, had success. We even did a documentary on it. On it, on it. it was that good. Really? Um, yeah, my dad actually came up there, and I think he watched me coach twice or once, but he seen me win a game and lose a game. And, boy, did I, in that car ride on the way home, you would think he was Jeff Van Gundy. He was just critiquing me, man, you know? So, um, you know, then, you know, after that was done in the process, um, Coach Tang looked out for me, Coach Lewis looked out for me, and helped me get back into the business after um, my investigation was over. Yeah. Uh, you know, been working for Grant McCaslin ever since, you know, went with him to Arkansas State. Thankful yep. that he gave me a job, um, his first Division One head coaching job. Right. Um, so, you know, that's a serious thing, you know, for somebody to hire you in that situation. And exactly. Him, Ross Hodge, James Miller, great relationship there. And then went on to North Texas and been here ever since, you know. Most and um, just been having great success with it. And, um the, the biggest thing I've learned now, looking back at the younger me, um, I'm not chasing titles. I'm not chasing money. Right. Um, my dad just said this to my, my stepmom in there. Um, it's about happiness, you know? So sure. I'm working with a staff right now that my happiness is at an elite level. You know, um, Ross Hodge, Matt Brower, um, rest in peace, Nelson Haggerty, mm -hmm. um, Grant sure. McCaffrey, a great leader. And um, that, that's what it's about for me right now. You know, my dad got, he got on me because, um, you know, I turned down a job for 400,000 um, a month or two ago. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's looking at me like it's crazy. He's like, yo, he could make that money. I said, yeah, but then I could lose that job in a year. You know, I'd rather stay around people that I trust and I know people that trust me. Right. You know, so for any young coaches out there listening, you know, the bag gonna be there if you're doing the right thing, you know? It, you know, like the bag I'm getting now, it's a big bag for me. My my dad is calling me rich right now. The bag I'm getting, <laughs> right, so right. I don't need him to call me filthy rich. 
for the bigger bag. You know what I mean? I'm sure. I'm cool. I'm humble. I'm I'm, I'm happy with what I'm what I'm getting right now. Um, and I'm just happy being happy. You know, uh, I got a beautiful wife that I get to spend a lot of time with because I work with a great staff. Right. Um, and that that's that's important to me, especially early on in our marriage. You know, like I like we establishing our culture as a marriage couple. And I don't think I would be able to do that for any other staff other than the staff I'm working with. And, you know, um, I know I could do it for, with, with Coach Tang. I know I could do it with Bill Lewitt if they're head coaches, you right. know. Alvin Brooks, shout out to AB, AB, be ready, you know. Well, I couldn't work for AT. I, you know, I, I don't want to work for anybody shorter than me. So, um, <laughs> hey, but he got the tallest staff in the, in the conference. So, hey. Yeah. Hey, it makes him feel. It makes him feel big time, you know. Yeah, it, it, he needs bodyguards as short as he is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, man. It's it, it's been a journey, man. You know, and I've worked with great people, man. Shout out to Adam Howard. He just got the associate head at your old school, South Alabama. You know, South shout Alabama. out to um, shout out to AB, shout out to Coach Tang. Um, those guys and be ready, man. Like seeing you grow through Be Ready, seeing you doing your podcast, you know, Beyond the Hardwood, um, it's just it's just special, man. That's what it's about, you know. My For dad sure. said to me the other day in the car, he said, don't you be tired of helping people all day? That's all you do. And I get tired, but it gives me energy, though. You know what I mean? Like, it gives me positive energy. So that's what I want around me is positive energy. I don't want negative energy, you know. So Definitely. if I could push out positive energy into the world, I feel the wind will blow back my way someday. You know what I mean? Most definitely. Most definitely. And it's obviously there's enough negative energy out there that we got to go through on a daily basis. So, you know, and that's one thing that, you know, out of everybody I know in the business, you know, you're the one person that's all about spreading love and spreading positivity, no matter. For the right people, though. Don't get it twisted. For the right. Yeah. For the right people. Exactly. Exactly. For the right people. It looks like it's everybody. But it really ain't everybody. The circle's still small. It looks big, right? You know, in the family now. Shout out to be ready, but it ain't that. You know what I mean? Most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. But man, you know, I want to kind of harp on something that you, you know, like not to, not, not we're not gonna dig too deep into it, man. But you know, when you mentioned about getting demoted at Tennessee, you know, I remember, you know, we talked briefly about. It. You said that you reached out to Tang, and and, and you know, the one thing you realized. That was kind of like a, a time where you said you it was a humbling time because now you had to ask yourself, you know, you had to be true to yourself, right? And really find out, you know, because you go from assistant coach to player development, if I'm not mistaken. Player development, yeah. Right? Shout, out to, shout out to JT, took my job after I left. Well, them, right, right. Yeah. He, he, he subbed in for you, right? <laughs> yeah, he subbed in, he subbed in. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, during that time, man, how how important was it for you to really look yourself, you know, in the mirror, you know, call your mentors like Coach Tank and, and really define yourself? Because you could have easily stayed and been miserable, right? Or you could have you and, and you made the bigger decision of leaving a job where you was probably making more money and all this type of stuff to go back to Southern Miss to be what you know you look at yourself as, right? As an assistant mm. coach. Uh, and and not you know demoting into a lower role, man. So kind of talk about how that how your mindset you know triggered you at the time to say you know I'm I'm better than this, right? 
And, and, so, and for some people, they have to take those roles, right, in order to get mm-hmm. where they want to go. But but for you, you know, that was kind of like a moment I feel like for you where you was like, nah, like, like I'm walking in my purpose of where I'm going right now. And, and you know, just kind of harp on that for a second. Like, find, you know, just that definition of being true to yourself in that moment. Man, um, when, when it when it happened, again, you know, because you know, Goodman tweeted it out. You know, yeah. everybody's goals and all that. Right. You know, I, I took it. I took it like any competitive person was. Like, I wasn't happy about it. But, right. You know, I, I had to deal with it. You know, like at least I still had a job. Right. You know what I mean, right. Some people right. don't even have a job, so I, I was thankful to still have a job. You know right. what I mean. Um. I called Tang and I called Coach Lewis. I said, what y'all think? You know what I mean? Yeah, I was making more money. Yeah, it was going to be a bigger light, the highest level, you know, right. but I wasn't in the same role anymore. And I just remember Coach Tang and Coach Lewis telling me, like, yo, you're a coach. You know what I mean? Like, no disrespect to any player development out there. None, none at all. Right. You know, but, like, you help people get there, like, you belong in that role. You know what I mean? You earned that role. So, yeah. um, I, man, I was thankful Doc called me, you know, and uh, he offered me a job. He offered me my old job back, mm-hmm. and um, right. I was able to go back, man. And it, it kind of what registered in my mind, and I'm not saying it because he's sitting here, but it right. came back to that speech he gave me in 97. Um, you got to stoop to conquer, you know what I mean? So right. Right. I know I wasn't where I wanted to be and the role I wanted to be, so I had to go back, right? And, you know, and then get right to come back, you know what I mean? So, so, so. I, I don't, I don't regret it, man. Like, cause you know, if you don't stand for nothing, you're going to fall for everything, you know, rappers and everybody say that, you know, but it, it's really is real life though. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And man, just kind of, and, and man, to follow up on that, you know, the one thing that I've realized, you know, with my short stint in the business, but for somebody like you who's been in it for a while is that you got to have some people, like you said, you got to have a circle, of you know, however many, depending on how big your circle is, of people you can go to, especially in times like that, right? Where where you're going to trustworthy people, people that you know got your back no matter what, man. So kind of harp on how important it is to have that circle like you, Coach Tang, right? A B, you know, uh, even though you, you know, we joke about coach all the time, <laughs> uh JT, right? You know, these people that, you know, are older, right, been through it. Right. And now and now, you know, you got these people that you can lean on to go to about anything in life. Even your dad, as he sits right here. Right. Uh, um, uh, doing this interview, you know, so kind of talk about how important it is, especially for young guys like myself to have like, you know, OGs like you, a B, you know, coach J, uh, JT Burton, you know, Tang and so forth. On. Uh, just kind of harp on that for a second, man, like. People don't understand how important it is, man. It's it's really important to have a strong group of people around you, you know. Um, and like they always say, I can tell you how far you're going by the people you're around, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Who who don't want to follow Coach Tang? Who don't want to follow AB? Who don't want to follow Ross Hodge? You know what I mean? Adam Howard, like that. Them is dudes that I trust and believe in, you know. Um, JT Burton, I trust and believe in them, like. I know he's grinding to get to where he wants to get to and where he belongs, you know, but I just lean on them because they all have different opinions and I take the best of their opinion and use it 
the best way I see fit for my life. But the one thing I know about all those people that I just mentioned, like they always got my best interests at heart, you know, and they ain't got nothing to do with basketball, you know, exactly. Adam Ross Hodge, Jerome Tang, Alvin Brooks, JT Burton, you know, my guy, Tez man, that is not in college sports, you know, but I do that call for, for everything. My dad knows, you know, my dad actually wears his clothing line 24 seven. Uh, March 4th, the brand, you know, so yeah. um, call him, I call my guy Z and Lopez, and that's pretty much it, man. I got a, a small group, man, and I'm thankful that Coach Tang introduced me to AB because, as you know, AB was a quiet dude, so like, I couldn't read him or nothing like that. Right. And, uh, corona made us Corona brothers, you know what I mean? Not that we both had COVID, but right. because of Be Ready, and then now we real brothers, man. You know, shout out to AB and his beautiful wife and his two sons, man. That that dude has done a lot for me that he don't even know about, you know, and all that is off the strength of Coach Tang, you know. So it's just important to have great people, man. I, I learn from my staff every day, man. Ross Hodge and me, we build every day. You know, we, we talk nonstop all day. And I think it's important to talk to people in life, not just about basketball. My dad and my wife think basketball is all I do. But it's it's really not though, you know. I it, it seems that way on the surface, but there's right. a lot of stuff that goes on beneath the surface that I might not share with them. And right. you know, they get mad at time because I'm not forthcoming on information. You got to ask me a question to get an answer. I ain't just gonna just give you the answer, you know. <laughs> right, right, right. No, nah, man, that's that's love, man. That's definitely love, and 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 you know as you've continued to progress or as even with me seeing you just continue to climb the ladder in the business, you know, the one thing that, you know, I talked about with JT on the previous episode, right. Was about, mm -hmm. you know, you, the, the legendary trip you and him made, right. Where, you know, you kind of put him on in regards of him just seeing how you connect with your players. You know, that's one thing that you do too. Right. Right. Is that you know, and, and we'll make sure at the end of this to make sure you you shout out all your your social media handles and everything, right? <laughs> keep keep building that platform, but like you really active on social media, right? Right, and and again, it goes back to you being true to yourself. You don't feel like you got to be blue collar, right? And tweet something that everybody's gonna like, right? You you're a guy that's gonna tweet whatever comes to your mind, right? Respectfully, so, respectfully, but, but it's 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 gonna be. Exactly how I feel. You know exactly. I mean? Exactly. I, I'm I'm gonna post the people on social media I care about. I'm gonna post what I think is cool for me in that day, in that right. moment. Um, it, it it might be too excessive for some people, but that's okay. Yeah. I, like I don't want everybody to, I don't want everybody to like what I do and how I do it. As long right. as the people that I work trust me and they're okay with it, and I'm not offending them, I, I'm I'm Gucci. You know, I'm, sure. I'm cool. Like, well, definitely. So definitely. That, that's important to me, you know. Yeah, most definitely, and that and that carries over into the recruiting aspect for you, right? You're right. Yeah. Even, even with like you know your relationship you've had, you've got with Javion Hamlet, right? Or 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 your previous players, um, former players. You know, that's the one thing that JT really harped on is that you know that you opened his eyes to how important it is to have relationships. You know, not only with your staff, but most importantly with the players that you bring into the program, man. So. You know, kind of talk about how, you know, for somebody such as yourself, because you're older than these dudes, right? But you still listen to the same music, right? You rocking your chains probably cost more than they chains, right? 
right. Hey, we, hey, hey, we know Pops got on more money than all of us. Yeah, he, he definitely does. <laughs> so, hey, man, so kind of talk about, man, how important it is, especially to be able to relate to your players, right? And even if you can't relate to them, figuring out ways to, you know, really dissect and get, you know, find the the areas of their life where they need the loving the most. Because some some dudes that you do bring into your program do need that type of, you know, that outlet outside of just being coached on the court. Yeah. You, you know what's funny? Um, I think my, my, my dad and my mom, my grandparents, my family, just in general, being as though my family hasn't always, you know, um, being the perfect example as yeah. far as, you know, getting in trouble, getting incarcerated and all that stuff. I'm not embarrassed by that. But with with me growing up through that, like my players can't come to me about no street life and, you know, try to fake me out on what I actually live. You know what I mean? Sure. So because I actually lived it and they get to see my dad in his light and his element, like, like most people want expect my dad to probably be in a button up shirt and all that. No, this, this is my dad, and I love who my dad is, and right. that's who my, you know what I mean? Hey. Like he always tell me we don't get to choose our parents, you know what I mean? So right. I'm gonna be parents that I that God gave me, you know, and um, no matter what mistakes they made in their life. So with that being said, just from my family trials and tribulation. I think I'm able to read kids at an elite level because I've experienced all the trials and tribulations. You know, like my dad told you, he, how long was you on crack, dad? 12 years. He was on crack for 12 years. You know what I mean? Like my dad was on crack for 12 years. Like, so like, it, it ain't nothing for me to be embarrassed about. And, and while my dad is one of my biggest heroes, even though we butt heads and we disagree on a lot of stuff, but we love each other at the end of the day. Right. It's because if my dad could be on crack for 12 years and then all of a sudden go cold turkey and stop one day and haven't touched crack in how many years? 31 years. He's been wow. crack free. You wow. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, bruh, you missing a shot in basketball? That ain't the end of the world. That's not hard. <laughs> like, that's easy. Exactly. You, you missing the line drill and all that? Like, I'm going to help you get through this. You know what I mean? Sure. So, I seen what my dad been through, you know what I mean? And I seen what my parents and my family been through. So seeing my people get it from the bottom and a lot of people like to say out the mud, I'm gonna say out the sand because we from the islands, you know what I mean? We, we surrounded by water yeah. and beach. So sure. We get out of the sand, you know what I mean? So I'm, I just feel like I always wanna be able to relate to my players. Reggae, rap, music is gonna always keep me calm and keep me in the loop of what's going on. Um, I mean, my dad is in here all day, every day watching rap videos. You know, my dad is, you know, 64 years old, but that helps him stay young and helps him stay relevant. He right. know more rap music than I do. You know, I'd be learning <laughs> stuff from him. So right. the best way to teach your players is, you know, find out what their interests are and what their interests are. You come to them from that avenue and then you get to the avenue you actually want to go to with them. But you got to you got to come to their level a, a little bit too now. You can't just be high and mighty and think it's all about them just, you know, following you and respecting you, you know? Well, yeah. definitely. said, meet people where they have. You hear what he said? Repeat that again for him. Repeat that one more well, time for him. Where they at? 
He said Obama said meet people where they're at. That's real. Yeah. That's real. That's real, man. Most definitely, most definitely, man. Well, you know, man, you know, it, it's been a lot of wisdom dropped on this, right? A lot, a lot of a lot of wisdom <laughs> dropped, man, from you, from your pops. Man, you know, obviously, Reem, you know how I feel about you, man. It's all love, you know, every time we talk, every time, you know, we connect with each other. Um, man, so, you know, to to move forward, man, I want you to, you know, drop a couple, you know, a couple more, you know, drop some advice, right, for those who listening about, you know, you know, overcoming adversity, right, right, and continuing to push forward, right, and, and and I even want your pops to drop, you know, some advice also because you know he's been through it all, right? So and and again, like JT said, right? He, like shoot, you know, he's he's been, you know, I age before we've never been his. So, you know, you know, man, both of y'all, man, drop some advice for the people, you know, as we, you know, wrap this up, man, and uh, um as as we, you know, get ready to close. Man, well, well, really and truly, don't matter where you came from, but where you're going. You know what I mean? There Everybody is a personal journey. You know, like, it's all it is, is a journey. Whatever you're doing, you're on, a journey, you're on that journey. And you got to try to be the best you could be. Be the best you. That's all you can do at the end of the day. You know what I mean? For and sure. Accept your shortcomings because you're, you're only human. Exactly. All right. Peace yeah. So, yeah, man, I mean, like you said, you know, it's a journey. Everybody got their own personal journey. Um, and, you know, you just got to strive to do it, you know. And it, it's going to be obstacles, man, you know. It's going to be right. obstacles. Sorry about my iPad falling, you know. But um, it, it's going to be obstacles, you know. Like, you know, not to be long-winded, but, you know, my obstacle, I went through my depression, you know. You know that, that was a hard time for my dad, you know what I mean. Um and even during that process, my dad was upset with me, you know, because he felt I didn't go about it his way in order for me to get better. You know what I mean? But right. we, we came through that obstacle together. You know what I mean? I mean, my dad even told me he thought my career was over, you know, because of what I was going through, you know. But little did he know, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't take confidence from me. It gave me motivation, you know. Like, one, I was, I was happy that he was worried about that, you know what I mean, because it showed right. his love for me. But it, it gave me motivation to fight back, you know. And that's what life is about, man, getting up every day and fighting, you know. Um, and surround yourself with great people, man. All right? I'm, I'm, this is not for show. This is not stage. Like, don't chase money. Don't chase titles. Chase happiness and good people. And everything else is going to take care of itself, man. I work with great people every day. Right. Grant McCaslin, Ross Hodge. Matt Brower, the rest of the support staff, like, like today we're often we we just started workouts this week. Okay, listen to this. We just started workouts this week, Monday and Tuesday. We took Wednesday off because they know my dad was here. I ain't seen my dad in a minute. They let me chill all day with my dad, go shopping, Snapchat, and all that stuff with my dad. You know what I mean? Like because family and life as a balance is important. You know so. To the young dudes out there listening, don't chase this name and title so fast that you forget to live life, man. You know, and my dad used to tell me that. I I, I was like that when I first started. But yeah. I, my dad would be proud now that he sees that I live life now. I enjoy life a little bit more than I used to. Probably still not enough to his liking, 
you know, but I'm doing a lot better than where I was, you know, five, 10 years ago, you know? So pour into the next man, man, be unselfish, you know? And, you know, if it comes back, it come back. If it don't, you can go to sleep at night knowing that you didn't lie to anybody, you know? For sure. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. And, and Reem, man, I, pre- I definitely appreciate you for all this wisdom you've dropped. And, hold on, hold on. I laws of power. Right oh, now, yeah. Robert Green says, tough and just rule the world. You hear what he said? Repeat that one more time for us. In the book, The 48 Laws of Power, written by Robert Green, one thing he said I remember very vividly, self-interest rule the world. So everybody got to be by themselves. He says, he says, he says self-interest rules the world in the, the 48 Laws of Power, the book that he read. So for you know, sure, got to think about themselves too as well. That's real. That's real, man. Hey, 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 you know, it was funny. It's funny now that now that I met you as we, we get ready to close, man. Hey, JT said that it was going to be funny once this episode gets put up to see who whose episode gets the most views. Hey. Oh, my God. JT is always, he always doing that, man. <laughs> hey, tell him he got it, man, because I ain't even on social media right now. I'm on a little social media hiatus, you know, just taking the time and spending time with the family and all that type of stuff, you know? So, right. Like he got it, man. Hey, JT, I'm glad you got five views, bro. You're right. I'm going to get four views. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. No, most most definitely. Well, Reem, man, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you and your pops both popping on here. Obviously, man, this is going to be, it's probably going to be one of the best, man, because it's it's real. You know what I mean? It's raw, right? Yeah, it's very yeah. raw. You know, it, it's not. It's not. There ain't nothing. They're not never manuscripted anyway, right? Yeah. But but you know, it, it's not too many times that you hear too many people getting on podcasts, especially college coaches talking about you know the parents doing you know fifteen years or or being you know on, on crack for for over ten years or you know even your even your situation with depression, right? Mm-hmm. A, a lot of people, you know try to try to you know put on this this you know this face you know for, right. for people you know what i mean and yeah hey, hey, i i'm not worried about putting on the face and the perception man like i most definitely who i am every single day of the week um that's a young island dude from you know the virgin islands that came to the great land of america that people like to hate on a lot you know but <laughs> my, my dad my dad had snapped every highway every big building like he he thinks texas is the greatest he's ever seen he talks about how smooth the roads are you know yeah. all that stuff like because in the island we got big potholes you can lay in you know right. so he just happy like filming everything you know like you think yeah. i feel black my dad made me a little dj cali look like amateurs <laughs> Hey, before you know it, hey, it's gonna be time for him to. Hey, he about to. Hey, he really trying to move us to get get over here. That's what it is. Yeah, no, nah, he he's an island dude, man. He likes he's island. He yeah, likes, he like moving to his own pace. He don't like to be in a rush. He thinks he thinks I'm in a rush and I'm actually being calm. But he's like, man, you're going too fast. Chill out. What are we in a rush for? You know. <laughs> no, nah, I feel that. I feel that, man. Well, hey, well, you know, as I get ready to, man, uh, we get ready to wrap this one up, man. You know. I'm trying to do something very special for season, for episode three. 
All right. Instead of, you know, as you as you know, Reem, in season one, it was just mainly only coaches and people of that personnel. Ooh. So for, for episode three now, uh, I'm going to bring on coaches' wives. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> hey, talk about that side of the spectrum, right? Oh, yeah. You, you, you about to really turn it up. Hey, we yeah, hey, I told you, hey, we about to crank that thing up one more one more time. You feel me? So, yeah. so you know, give uh, you know, go ahead and go ahead and throw out a suggestion of some a couple people that that should be on the episode because it's not just gonna be one person. I want to try to get at least you know two or three. Uh, definitely Tiffany Brooks, um, AB's wife. Definitely yep. Ray Tang. Um, definitely Carla. Burton because sure. she got this with JT. For sure. Um, man, my wife, if she's up to it, you know, yeah. there's a lot of amazing wives out there, man, you know, um, that needs to share this story because yeah. this journey ain't easy and we can't do it without having great wives beside us, you know. So that that's that's dope. I'm I'm here for it. Um celebrate it. Like them, them women need. They need to be celebrated for what they do every single day of the week, which is coach our household. Exactly. And it goes yeah. unnoticed a lot, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, and that's that was, you know, the idea behind it. So I think it's going to be, I think it'll be a really, really good, you know, way to to see their side of the spectrum. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you, you, you're doing this perfect. You did me after JT, which is a bigger deal because I'm taller than him. <laughs> and then you're doing the wives after me, which because they're the biggest deal of it all. So this is dope. You're doing there it right, man. There from the shortest to the biggest. I got it. I like hey. it. <laughs> hey, hey, JT gonna love that one. Hey, he gonna <laughs> love that one, man. Hey, well, Reem, Reem, man, I appreciate you and Pops. Uh, man, you know it's all love, man. And, and again, man, like I like I always finish these with, man. As you as you know, man, it definitely goes beyond the hardwood. At the beyond end of the, the hardwood, day. bro. At the end of the day, man. Absolutely, that because uh, oh boy, he wants to be long-winded. No, some of the some of the shortest man in the world rule the world, like like Hitler, you know, Heidi Selassie. Little man, they 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 do a lot. They do extra. So he he said he he just said that some of the short people run the world. So he's trying to give JT some. Trying to give JT some credit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, JT, going. Hey, he gonna call you as soon as he hear this. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> hey, man, wait, well, man, I appreciate you again. Hey, Ring, go ahead, uh, tell the people your social, even though you off the social right now, man. You know, I can't, um, I can't even remember it honestly. Like, I think. Wow, my, it's been that long. Yeah, I, I, I think oh. my Instagram is uh, forever Coach Ring Vi. Yep. I think. Yep. And then. I think Twitter's just Coach Reem forever. Yeah, so your your IG. So if you want to follow Coach Reem, man, if you want to follow Reem, all right, his Instagram is forever, forever Coach Reem VI. All right, and I'll make sure I'll put it in the description on all the platforms so they so they know exactly how to spell it. And then on on, on Twitter, uh your your handle is Coach Reem Forever. All yeah. right, and I'll make sure I put all those in in the in the um, description. That way everybody can follow you, man. So you know, again, Reem, man, all love, bro. You know, to you and yours, man, wishing you much more success, many more championships, many more chains, you know, to catch up with Pops. You know, <laughs> yeah. you I got my chains. I just didn't want to hey. have them in front of him. 
Hey, 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 you still got some catch up to do. Pops got the rings on, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yo, man, Deontay, for real, um, I appreciate you allowing me to go beyond the hardwood, man, because um, it's definitely a lot of stuff beyond the hardwood. Everybody thinks about basketball, but it's so much stuff, you know, beyond the hardwood. So I appreciate you having us on, man. Most definitely, man. You know it's all love. All love, man. So, man, again, man, y'all boys go kick it, man. I know you said Pops was getting up out of here tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, um, yep. Tomorrow, man. Yes, we got practice in the morning, 845. We're going to okay. be here for practice. And then after that, I'm going to drop into the airport and then head back to work after that. Well done. Brian continues. There it go. There it go. Well, Again, man, I appreciate everybody tuning in to Beyond the Hardwood, episode two with Jareem Dowling and his pops, you know, special feature. Didn't even know it was gonna happen, man, but hey, we made it happen. Yep. All right, man, be on the lookout for episode three coming soon. And again, make sure y'all follow all the platforms. All right, Instagram is the BTH brand. All right, on Facebook, Beyond the Hardware LLC. And then uh, on the Apple Podcast, Spotify, make sure you like, subscribe, and uh, comment on the YouTube uh, channel as well. All right. Until next time, man. Again, life goes beyond the hardwood. Let's get it.